Hey everyone, welcome to Try Slaves Gamecast. Yeah, episode XXX. I'm your host, Petey Polvol. Okay, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with that, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what Austin's gonna do with this, um, so, uh, it could be episode 141 of Try Games, or it could just be a rather long trilobite from me, Pete. Uh, yeah, not Petey Polvol. Oh, that's a pretty good name. Um, so, I'm just gonna ramble for, like, probably, like, an hour, so feel free to not listen if you don't want to, but here I go. Um, since last recording, I've done a bunch of stuff. Actually, I mentioned last recording that I wanted to talk about, uh, like, the Xbox Live community games that I have been playing. Um, so I am going to look on my Xbox here. Uh, sign myself in. If you want to add me to your 360 friends list, my gamer tag is GS space Riven, R-Y-V-V-N. You should totally add me. Play some games. Woo! I do have a year's subscription to Xbox Live now. I don't remember if I mentioned that last time, but, uh, I did get a year subscription on the cheap, so I took advantage of that and am now signed up for a year's subscription of Xbox Live. Um, so how am I going to do this? Let me see. Go to Community Games. Alright. So, I think I played about maybe like 12 or 13 of these, so I'll try to go through them quick, but I might stop and dwell on a few of them that were more interesting than others. So, the first one that I want to talk about is this game called A Fading Me- a Fading Melody. Um, it is a uh, 2D platformer game with a very interesting art style. Uh, very, uh, like, kind of just a... Uh, uh, I don't know, I can't describe art, I'm not an artist. Uh, I'd say, like, it's very stark, just, like, kind of black on white. I mean, the backgrounds are kind of stylish and stuff. It's, uh, um, I'm gonna bring up the... Oh, it doesn't bring it up this way. Damn it! <laughs> I was gonna bring up the, uh, screenshots of it, but you can't do that in the actual downloaded thing. You have to do that in the game search part of Xbox Live, um, because NXE is stupid. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you, uh, you're just this, like, silhouette of a character, uh, it's supposed to be, like, I guess you're running through a dream or something, um, and, uh, it's very just artsy, and, uh, the music, from what I remember, was, uh, pretty good, uh, very, like, atmospheric, and, I don't know, it seemed very simple, you just kind of run and jump on these weird little creatures, uh, kind of like, you know, any kind of platformer game, like, like Mario or whatever, and, uh, I don't know, in a way, kind of, I mean, it's not, it doesn't remind me of Braid and Mechanics, just in its, like, kind of, sort of pretentiousness, um, but, I don't know, it seemed fun. The problem, now, the problem with community games is that you have a very, like, strict time limit on how, they don't, like, their demos aren't just, like, set up to be, like, okay, we're gonna give you this X amount of game as a demo, and, uh, that's all that you can access, um, for apparently all the community games, it's okay. You can we we put out the full game, but you can play it for only X amount of minutes, and then it cuts you off. So, uh, which I guess isn't entirely true because, well, I'll get to it later. But another game did it a different way. I don't know, but all the community games do have time limits on them. Uh, so, um, you can only go a few level like uh, into the second level of this, I believe. Um, and then actually. No, this game did it too. I am stupid. Stop listening to me. Uh, I believe this game, when you got to the end of the demo, 
it brings up a thing that says you can uh, like walk one direction to per to purchase the game or jump off a ledge to exit the demo. If I remember correctly, it did that. But just so I'm not sounding completely dumb, all the community games do have time limits as well, as far as I know. So anyway, uh, Fading Melody is an interesting game. It didn't give me enough of the demo to really tell me if I want to purchase it or not. Like, because... It was kind of the same thing as when we were talking about And Yet It Moves on a couple episodes back, um, where if it doesn't introduce new mechanics or other interesting things, then I don't want to play this game for the entire duration of the game. Like, it needs to introduce more than just what's shown in the demo, and since the demo doesn't really show anything else, it's like a hard to tell, a hard tell if I should purchase or not. Uh, but in the basic summation of the game, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm just going to move on. So the next thing I have on here is Aquarium HD, which is just a fish tank simulator. Actually, I'm going to touch base on this one, Aquarium HD, and let me find the other one. Uh, where is it, 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 la, 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 la. There's another fish tank thing. Oh, my fish tank. Um, these are two fish tank simulation things, where it's basically just putting a fish tank on your TV. You can add in, add in fish or take away fish, you know, uh, change scenery and stuff like that. Now, the problem with these, uh, I thought they were kind of cool, because it is kind of cool to just have something on the background if you want, uh, but the major flaw of both of these things is that you can't turn off the controller. So, uh, if you're using a wireless controller to start it up and you try to turn off the controller to conserve battery life on it or whatever, or if you have your controller set for, you know, a, actually, I don't know if it's set, I don't know if it's automatic or not, but like when the controller turns off after a certain time limit, um, it brings up that please reconnect controller thing. And it's annoying and obst like obstructive to the like, you know, cute little fish tank you got going on there. Um, so, uh, if you have that in the game, it like kind of defeats the purpose of being able to have this thing up as a background while you're doing other things. Now, as for the fish tanks things themselves, because that's just a built-in Xbox thing, because not I don't know if there's any way they can program it to not do that. Uh, your alternative options obviously would be to use a, a wired controller, which it doesn't matter. But then you just have like if you didn't want to have a wired controller laying around, or if you don't have a wired controller, you don't have that as an option. And then there's also the, you know, Xbox Media Remote, which you can use to start games and stuff. So, uh, I know, like, previously when I've, like, had, when I got the first Xbox 360 that launched and it came with that little smaller uh, remote as a bonus for, you know, initial, like, early adopters of the 360, uh, sometimes I could play games with that, like, um, for instance, like Pac-Man or something on the Xbox Live Arcade, I could, like, I wouldn't have to turn on my controller, I could just start it up with that remote and play with that remote if I wanted to. Um, so, theoretically, if you had a remote, you could start one of these fish tank things, and it wouldn't ask you to reconnect the controller, because it's just recognizing the remote as a controller. Uh, so that could work. Now, uh, although you might not be able to do all the options, depending on what buttons correspond to what on the remote, because I forgot how it worked. But anyway, in the fish tank things, you can do different things, like, okay, my personal opinion between the two, and I know you don't even give a fuck about fish tanks, but I'm telling you anyway. Uh, my personal opinion between the two fish tanks is that my fish tank is better than fish or than Aquarium HD because uh, Aquarium HD looks better, but it's limited in its options. You can there's a I think six different species of fish you can mess maybe eight I'm not sure you can mess around with, but you can add or subtract the, from the different species. And you can just change like the background image, uh, but that's probably why it's HD is because it's just using one static background image. Whereas my fish tank, 
you can actually it doesn't look quite as good. It still looks good, I think. Um, but uh, you can do things like you pick the background image for the fish tank, but then you can change the stones. The uh, kind of, you can place down plants and other things, which you can scale and move to different areas of the fish tank, um, and other like uh, little aesthetic things you can put in the fish tank. You can add like bubbles in and stuff like that. And I think there are just more species of fish that you can put in there. So, uh, like overall, I think the my fish tank's better just because of its range of options. Um, it's as if you really have a fish tank and are decorating it how you would want. Um, sort of. I mean, obviously you can just go get a real fucking fish tank. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's it for that. Uh, move on away from fishies. Uh, so I played this game called Artoon, which actually was, is in one of the top, I'd say, sorry, uh, top three, let's just say, I don't know, let's say top five slot of things that I would purchase out of the games I played, um, for the uh, for the community games so far, because I have 42 in my list here, and I think I've only played like uh, a third of those. So, um, but Artoon is a another platforming game where you're this little blob thing bouncing. It it very much reminds me of like if they tried to make like a 3D cuber or something like that. Um, you're just kind of bouncing um, on these little. I think they're I think they were hexagonal. I don't know, but they were these little platforms, and when you bounced, you would add color to it. And then you gotta kind of keep your bounce going, like from one to another. Uh, there are spaces in between where you can fall off, or you can just like move in a wrong direction and drop off, and uh, that costs you a life or whatever. But your basic goal is to uh, color up all the patterns to unlock an like an exit uh, 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 platform. Um, so you're kind of just following these like platforms along its set path, bouncing and bouncing and bouncing, and there's other bounces you can add, like you can do a super high bounce if like the platforms are spaced too far apart, or you can do what's, uh, like the uh, part of the game is, is chaining together the bounces to make a combo, like as long as you keep bouncing and adding color, um, like each bounce, then you're uh, comboing up, so if you rebounce on something, you lose your combo, if, uh, obviously if you fall off, you lose your combo, things like that, but you can like add multipliers by doing what's called a, I think a low bounce or something where it's like you, uh, basically it's, it's like a heavy drop, like a real quick drop, uh, so that, uh, it requires a little bit more skill. Cause if you do it too early, you could end up quick dropping between the spaces between the platform and losing a life. So there's some skill involved, but, uh, the, it's very, the art, art style is very well done. It, I mean, it, it definitely looks, uh, like high production and, well, I mean, I don't know if I'd say high production. It appears high production. Uh, it uh, kind of trippy and stuff, and the music from I remember was good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it's just a simple puzzle platformer uh, that looks like it does get harder. It has a ton of levels in it. You only get to play a few in a demo. But um, I would definitely recommend, since these are all demos, you know, you can always go download them and try them and see if you like them. Uh, Artune would definitely be a game that I would consider purchasing. Um in terms of purchasing, just so you guys know that, I don't know if, who knows this, but, I mean, I didn't even know the community games were out there, like, it was something I just stumbled upon, I never realized that this thing had launched, and that community games are out there, and downloadable, and playable, uh, so I just kind of stumbled upon it, and then I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna download a bunch of games, and try them out, um, but, uh, the community games go 200, 400, or 800 points, uh, and it seems like most of the games I've been stumbling across have been, like, roughly 400, there have been actually some games that are 200, which actually, like, look they, like they should be more, um, so, uh, I'm not going to go into, e- into what each point value of each game that I played was, but, uh, for 400 points, I'd 
probably buy most of these games. For 200 I'd probably buy anything. Um, I mean, maybe not anything, because there are some things that, like, are just not worth any money, but, uh, yeah. So, just to give you an idea of how much these games cost anyway, Artoon, I think, is, uh, probably a purchase I would make if I were going to purchase a community game. Uh, then, uh, let's move on. So then, uh, the next thing on my list here is Beat It, which, for anyone who's ever played, uh, what is it called? Um, it's where it's like, Bop It, that's what it's called. You can bop it, twist it, uh, pull it, whatever. Uh, it was that, like, weird toy that, like, had, like, a, like, a thing on one end that you can pull out. It was, like, just, like, a big stick. And then, uh, a button that you can press or whatever. And, uh, I don't remember what else you could do with it. But, uh, like, this is the Xbox 360 equivalent of that, where it's, like, it tells you to do things like, uh, press it would be, it, it would show a, a button and you press it. Uh, there's a twist it where you, like, rotate an analog stick. Um, uh, what else was it? Pull it or something may have been a trigger. Uh, yeah, there's just different things like that. Um, and, uh, it actually has a bunch of them. Um, and then the way it's supposed to be, like, a party game where you can pass the, uh, pass the controller. So, you know, you get a couple people together, you start it up, you, you play, if you fail, you pass it along. Or maybe you, if you succeed, you pass it along. I don't know how you're supposed to do it, but because uh, I didn't play with anybody else. But the main problem with this game is that it is not very responsive. Um, I failed multiple times while doing the correct action. So that was just uh, the major downside of me. And then this game automatically became the do not buy this pile. Um I mean, it seems fun, like a quick, fun party game, uh, but it doesn't work properly, so that automatically negates any fun it offers. So then moving on, next game on the list is Blow. Now, I don't want to talk too much about this game because I'm going to probably uh, cover it in a different medium in some form uh, if I ever get around to not being lazy. But real quick, it's a uh, puzzle game that uh, revolves around bubbles. Um, It kind of... It's like a pseudo incredible machine type of type of game where like you're placing down uh, objects. And this can, I mean, from what I saw, it was really just fans. You're placing down fans and setting the uh, the the speed at which the fans are blowing, and you can actually add temperature or decrease temperature from them uh, to add effects to the bubbles. And your point is to like blow the bubbles to the exit of the stage. And actually, that game is also up there in games I would purchase. So. Uh, if I got this right so far, out of my top... Man, I got a lot of games I would purchase. I mean, uh, Fading Melody was a maybe, but Artoon and Blow were definite, like, probable purchases. Um, so anyway, let's move on. Uh, Carnivale Showtime is another platforming game, but it's very interesting in that... I mean, as far as I thought, there was no actual platforms that you jumped to. You just jumped to these, like... You're just kind of an acrobat on these spinning uh, things... It's hard. To, this is hard to describe. It kind of like reminds me of like a pinball stage layout or something where it's like um, it's very vertical and you're flinging your like ma- acrobatic mannequin type looking guy through the air and uh, there's these like what would look like um, they look like pinball things like the the bouncers. Um, but what they are is they uh, have these hands that like you can reach out and grab your mannequin guy with, and then they keep spinning them and spinning them and spinning them, and you relaunch them higher, and you just keep launching higher and higher, and you're popping balloons along the way or collecting balloons or something. Um, that is very well, uh, like the art style on that is very well done. Uh, this also looks pretty high production value, um, and 
it seems fun, but again, it's one of those things where I'd be worried that it's going to be that throughout the entire game. Uh, the demo kind of cut me off short, and the game doesn't actually seem like it's very long. And I think this may have been one of the more expensive games, but it was up there in a possible purchase for me because it seems interesting enough that I would want to kind of keep playing it and uh, see where it goes, see if it gets harder. Plus, I remember them talking about this, uh, I think, on 1UP for the when the IGF thing was going on um, at GDC. Those are a lot of acronyms. IGF is the Independent Games Festival, GDC is the Game Developers Conference. Uh, I remember them talking about this game and it being a, uh interesting game to look into. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, that one seemed really good. Uh, it seems like a lot of the games on the community, uh, like in the community section, are platforming games. Um, maybe that's just because those are the easiest types of games to make. I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of wish I'd see like a more like a wider variety of games, but the platform, like a majority of the platformers I did look at, seemed good enough that could warrant a cheap purchase. Um, I don't know about any of these if they were 800 points, but like these ones that I'm saying are probables, like 400 points, five points sitting around, and want a quick fix. I would definitely consider purchasing one of these. So anyway, moving on. Uh, next is Cocktail Paradise, which isn't a game. It's actually a uh, just an informative piece of uh, an informative application <laughs> where it tells you it uh, it's about drinks. So. It gives you mixed drinks. It gives you uh, the ingredients to use in mixed drinks. It has a very just like you know nice layout and uh, like it's got pretty pictures and stuff of drinks and um, yeah, it tells you like how to make certain types of drinks uh, or suggest drinks based on the ingredient you would want in it. Um, and uh, then it also offers uh, party games like drinking games. I didn't get a chance to look into those. Again, with the, some of these games, the time limits kind of killed it. Um, like, this one, not only did it have the time limit, but it also... Or maybe this one didn't have a time I can't fucking remember. Anyway, uh, it definitely had a limit where it would only show you... You could only look up the first two things in a menu. Um, so, like, for instance, one of them would just be, like, you know, mixed drinks or whatever. So you look up the mixed drinks and, like, you'd only look at the first two. Then if you were looking based on ingredient or whatever you can only look at the first two that would show up based on an ingredient so it kind of got annoying there was a way to kind of get around it because there was one drink in particular i wanted the ingredients to and using the ingredient thing i was able to limit narrow down the ingredients so it was it was only one of the first two or like i think it was it was the only one that was the option so it let me look at the ingredients for it um but uh yeah i mean this thing is probably not worth it simply because you could uh probably find all this information for free online. I mean, who's going to turn on their Xbox 360 to get some drink drink ideas unless you're it's a you're a big party atmosphere type of person where like you have a lot of parties and the Xbox is always on or whatever during these parties and maybe your computer isn't on or just isn't accessible. So, it could be a quick like, "Hey, let's quickly grab a drinking game or idea or something or learn how to make a drink and throw together all our alcohol or something like that." I don't know. Um, but it's probably not worth it. Uh, but it was interesting. Um, next on the list is Coliseum, uh, which is a 3D action game similar towards, similar uh, towards, uh, towards, why are you saying towards? Similar to, like, uh, trying to think of, like, I mean, I want to say, like, God of War, Devil May Cry, things like that, but obviously not as, like, high production, uh, 
it, but it does have an interesting art style. It's very cell shaded and uh, it seems cool. It's got it's combo based. You know, you're like a warrior type person, and you hit combos to do your different like move sets and stuff, and you're beating up dudes. And it actually seems pretty cool. Now, from when I first downloaded, it, I thought it was a multiplayer game, which I think there is a multiplayer aspect to it, but I didn't get into any of that because uh, uh, I was just trying the training and single player stuff, and then my timeline ran up. I think you can go back in, and I might be able to try multiplayer. Uh, oh, apparently, apparently it's, uh, looking at the description real quick, it looks like it's only local multiplayer. I don't know. If it's only local multiplayer, it may not be worth it, unless you have a person who plays with people a lot, um, because it seemed interesting. I would definitely, this is one I would definitely recommend trying, doing a game trial for, because if you're into those 3D action type games, you may actually like this. It seems pretty good, and it is one that I would possibly consider purchasing um even just for the single player i'm not really into those type of games but if it's cheap it looked like a good time i'm gonna move on next up is constrictor which is a uh easiest way to to describe this is think uh tron light cycles um or like i don't know like it's like snake but like they're very like it's very ravey (laughs) where they're all like glowy glow sticky um and they are like snake creatures. They're not like straight line Tron motorcycles where if you've played like one of those type of games where it's like you kind of just build up a light wall behind you and you try to trap people in. Um, Fusion Frenzy had a game like this too where you were these ships and you put out light walls behind you, uh, light, like laser tail things that you try to trap people in. Uh, but that's basically what this is. You're snakes and you try to like, you eat pallets to make yourself bigger and you try to trap in your, you know, opponents. Uh, it's a, it's meant to be a multiplayer game. I think this is also local multiplayer only. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if community games can do online multiplayer. I didn't really think about that or see anything as far as I remember. Anyway, uh, if you're into those kind of games, like the Tron Lightsaber games, this could be fun. Again, if you have people in your house, a lot of people in your house that play games together. Uh, so, uh, moving on, Constructor 360, I didn't play that, sorry, gotta move on. Uh, yeah, this is where I think I started skipping ahead to other things, because um, there's a lot of games in here, but I started playing through the list just one after the other, but then once I got to a certain point, I was like, ah, I think I want to play something else. So, let me move ahead to what else I tried. Um, okay, so here's this game called, oh, I don't know if I'd call it a, fr- uh, a game, it might be more of an application, it's called Friggy. Like refrigerator, but fridgy. Um, like if you gave your fridge a pet name or something. Uh, what it is, it's basically you know those ma- those bright, colorful letter magnets you put on your fridge. Yeah, this turns your TV into a huge white, bright white slate uh, with those colorful magnets on it, and you can move those magnets around and spell words and stuff. And yeah, it it was funny when I turned it on uh, to show my girlfriend because she's always talking about. Uh, talking about those fridge magnets, but I think she's more into the, uh, like, you know, the poetry, the words where you make, like, poems or stupid, like, you know, obscene sayings out of, whereas with this, it's just, like, colorful, like, those old, old magnets you probably maybe had when you were a kid or something, um, and, uh, I, with the words that were available in the demo, I was able to spell out shit, and I giggled, and then turned it off, uh, so that's probably not worth it, um, so then moving on, um, let's see here, uh, then there's uh, Kitty's Mazes, which is just a maze game. It basically is like a 
simple hand drawn it's looking like as if you drew a maze on graph paper um and you have you know your character figure starting somewhere in the maze and end point somewhere else in the maze and you just walk your character figure through the maze and i mean it works it wasn't like like normally what mazes what I'll do is I'll sit there and I'll like try to map out the correct path before I might mark any line on it but for some reason with this because it's a video game and there's a character and stuff I immediately started moving and just walking and I did walk into dead ends and had to turn around and you know figure my way out and then it times you and stuff and uh you try to get out and like set a good time but uh I don't know if it's really worth buying I mean I could just make graph paper mazes or something or probably find mazes online now the next game is really interesting. This is called Kudu Game Lab. Kodu Game Lab. K O D U. Kudu. I don't know. Game Lab. It's a uh, it's a create a game game. Uh, it comes with stuff preloaded, so you don't have to create anything. And there are already apparently people making games for this that are out there available community wise. It's kind of like Little Big Planet on the 360, but like community wise. So it doesn't have the high production value. It doesn't like. It's not as like high end. But uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, and it uses like uh, simple, simple mechanics to make scripted actions. So, like when you first start the game, it gives you this little character and it says it wants you to move the character to a to a tower. So uh, you open up a like these. There's it's a lot. It's definitely heavily menu driven. Um, but they're all pretty intuitive. You open up a menu and you go into the character menu thingy and click on the character and then um, it just says like, you know, it's a simple when this, do this type of thing. You know, if this, then this type of thing. So you can set up for any buttons or whatever you want. So like, for instance, uh, you set it up so like when the left analog stick is moved, the character moves. It's very simple. So then uh, you go back out into the game and you move your left stick and that character is moving. Um, and there are a myriad of different things you can do. Uh, I mean, I saw things from, uh, like multiplayer shooters, um, where you're like, I mean, it's all very simple graphics. Uh, you can't really do much of the aesthetic look of the game, but you can make some interesting gameplay types. So, uh, it was kind of just like a, uh, like a, a, a 3D shooter, I mean, it wasn't first person or anything, but like you were just like this little character jumping around this like little environment, and you know you move your you move your character to aim the reticle and shoot your opponents. Uh, very remind me of like the shooting mini games and like Super Monkey Ball or something on the Wii. Um, and then I saw a game which was like uh like hovercraft racing, uh where you also can shoot your opponents like, but uh, you're racing around a track and stuff, and. I think there was some other stuff I saw, but I can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, you can definitely make a, a bunch of different game styles. This this I this is probably my number one or number two possible purchase if I were to purchase a game through the community stuff. Um, it's just... I mean, it's one of those things that's only limited by your imagination. And if you're a creative type and... Uh, like to share things and stuff. It looks like this has got a good community behind it because it's listed under like one of the top downloads in the community games and stuff. So that means that I think a lot of people are probably messing around with it. Um, and people who are like me who like uh, are into that type of stuff, you know, maybe uh, there's people like me who only have 360 or jealous of Little Big Planet and want something like it, so they may have gone to this. And I don't know. I think I think this is uh, probably worthy of being more than just a community game. Um, Okay, so anyway, let me move on from that. 
uh, I, but I highly recommend that to creative types. Um, the next one is also my one or t number one or number two purchase uh, right there with Kudo. It's called Light's End. It's an RPG, which there wasn't many RPGs on the uh, available on the community site, so hopefully more people start making RPGs. This I really liked because the art isn't the best. It definitely looks like uh, simple art style, but I mean, I can't complain because if I were trying to, to draw an RPG or something like that, it would look crappy as hell. I would definitely have to use stock sprites and textures. Um, this looks like they actually used original stuff, uh, and it may not look the best, but the interesting thing about this game is that it has a in very interesting mechanic that I want to play the game to see how they explore it, because they explore it pretty in pretty well in the beginning, and uh, depending on how they set up the puzzles and, and stuff for it, it could be a very, very good game. Uh, what the mechanic is, is that it allows you to basically become any character. Uh, you... Um, start out as this girl in a cave and you get some weird light put in your body through the statue or whatever and then what happens is throughout the game they set up, the, it sets a puzzle uh, area, like puzzle things where you have to like switch to another character like basically you walk close enough to a character and you hit the Y button I believe it is and the light moves out of your body to this other person and then you become them so just as a slight spoiler or whatever, uh, the first puzzle in the game is that there's a cave in uh, or like a, or like a some sort of like earthquake type thing or whatever happens and the cave kind of breaks apart and you're unable to cross this path. Uh, you can't, you're this little girl, the girl that you start the game at is trapped in this little area and then her father and these two other guys come in uh, to the cave and are there like across this chasm thing and uh, they say, hold on, we're going to help you. We'll push a, we'll make a, we'll push this huge rock over and make a bridge. So what you do is you walk close to them and you can become either her father or one of the other two like henchmen guys and walk over to this rock and push it over, and then you can uh, walk over to her, switch back to her, and then get her across the thing. So, like, there's a, it's like a puzzle like that. And then later on, there's a puzzle where you have to uh, um, switch characters around to. Uh, I don't want to see. I don't want to say too much, but there's like certain areas where you switch multiple multiple characters to solve the puzzle. Um, and you can, I guess, to any NPC in the game, you can become that person. I mean, I'm sure there's somewhere it just is irrelevant. Uh, and you know it. It probably will. Oh fuck! I'm yawning. <laughs> That's what happens when I do things by my record by myself. Uh, but it'll probably have. Uh, there'll be characters you can switch to that probably like are inconsequent, inconsequential. I'm sure it'll want you to switch to certain characters to solve puzzles. But just the fact that you can switch to any character is pretty cool. And uh, like, there's dialogue that comes up based on who you are. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is set to be, like, if you're an inconsequential, inconsequential character, it kind of has a stock dialogue for that. But, uh, I don't know, it, it just seems really interesting. The game starts out with a mediocre story. A uh, girl goes in a cave, gets secret superpower, and then, um, yeah, turns out she's a witch who... Well, like, her and her friends are quote-unquote witches. You know, like, oh, we're going to curse somebody. Uh, let's dance around the fire. Um, but, uh... They, I think what, and I think that what's going to happen is that the the a curse she sets off actually comes true or something. I'm not sure, but uh, either way, uh, she's like, "Oh, oh, I hate my life. I hate my father." Wah, wah, wah. Very emo and annoying. But uh, if they get away from that and like you're not her for the whole game, um, which obviously you can be other characters. So, uh, like if it doesn't if it doesn't focus on her, if it at least gets away from the wah wah emo stuff. Uh, the story could be very interesting. Apparently, her brother is got 
uh, forcibly recruited into the army or something like that. So I think that might play into it later. Um, so yeah, uh, RPGs for me are definitely the important things are uh, story and locales. Um, so as long as it changes up, like as long as you go to interesting locations and the story stays interesting, I would definitely be into it. It's actually, I think, one of the cheaper games. I know I said I wasn't going to talk price, but uh, this one I definitely will probably purchase because of its cheap price and interesting concept. Um, so yeah, uh, let me move on. I don't know if there's anything else I really tried here. Let me just look real quick. Uh, I, oh, there is that one I tried. I'll talk about that in a second. Let me just see if there's anything else here. Okay, so then the last one that I tried out of the community games is this one called Time Flows But Does Not Return. This is a strict art piece style game. Very similar to games that maybe some people played on the PC. There, I don't remember who did them, but there's a... There's a, there's these art games, like one is called The Wedding. Or no, The Marriage, sorry, not The Wedding. It's uh, The Marriage. Um, so it's very uh, similar to that. Um, and, uh, shit, I can't remember the name of the other game. I think it's called The Corridor. I can't remember. Uh, and then things like, uh, what we've talked about on, on previous Try Games, uh, uh, what was that game? The fucking one about birth and stuff. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, we played it. It was a Steam game that was free, and we played it. Fuck, I can't remember. Uh, we talked about it, though. Uh, but it was very, uh, that was very art style. And um, I'm trying to remember the name, and it's making me not remember. Uh, it's not making me not talk about the game that I want to talk about right now. It's gonna drive me crazy. I'm not gonna open Steam to find out. Anyway, so time just flows, but does not time flows, but does not return. Is uh, a very simple game, and I don't want to. I don't want to yawn. <sighs> I don't want to talk too much about it because it's very art style, and it's very art. Um, it's very much an art piece that needs to be played to uh, to be experienced and appreciated for what it is. Uh, it works for what it's trying to convey, is all I can really say. Uh, graphically, it's not very good. It's obviously not meant to be good. It's just meant to convey a uh, a thing. And um, in, the, in it, you can pretty much get the whole experience through the demo, so you don't even need to purchase it. I mean, I think it's one of those things where if you want to support the guy who made it, or the person who made it, I don't know if it's a guy, but... Uh, he um he seems like it's not so much he wants you your money he just wants you to experience this and he asks uh like in it you you basically can you play through the game then there's a, another uh, uh menu option for what the game is about where he kind of uh it's just text where he kind of explains what it is that you just went through and I did play the game first and then read the text and was like yes I totally got that that's exactly how I felt what I experienced um. And then he asked, you know, if you played it and if you have any thoughts on it to email him uh, and, you know, express those. So it seems like he's more interested in just having people, tr- like, like uh, ex- experience this and then talk with him about it. Um, there's nowhere where it mentions, you know, if you purchase it, you get the, this unlocks or whatever. So I don't, I think he wants people to just download the demo and try it. So I would suggest definitely doing that. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be something you're going to want to buy unless you really, really like these art style games and want to, uh, you know, support the people who make them. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
So that's it. I'm just going to stop there. That's it for the community games. I think I've rambled on enough about those. I definitely have a lot more to try out. Uh, if I purchase any, I will definitely let you know to let you know that I definitely felt something was worth a purchase and how I felt about the game after a purchase. Like I said, the two that I would definitely purchase would be Light's End because I really like its mechanic uh, and the story can probably get pretty good and the Kudu Game Lab because I want to be able to create shit because I'm a creative type. Um... And then there was a lot of those 2D platformers, which seemed interesting. Uh, and, yeah, there's some other stuff out there, which is definitely different. Like, I have some drum kit things in here, which is just drum kits for the, three, for the 360 using controller. Um, another construction game, which looks like it uses Lego blocks. A lot of uh, visualizer things for music. Uh, one that looks like it's a, uh, a, a music rhythm game, kind of like, you know, Guitar Hero type thing or something. Um a lot of scenic stuff, uh, a lot of party games, a lot of random things, just, yeah, it, I mean, the community stuff is definitely cool, uh, and I'm sure that we will see some really good stuff come out of there, and I like the pricing structure, I just, the only thing I would say is get rid of the stupid time limits and let the community, uh, let the community, get, uh, creator decide where the uh, demo should end, um, uh, Lights End, you can basically, they set it up where it's like it has autosave, so you can play it through its entire first chapter uh, before it gets to a point where it's like, because um, it does, have, see, that's what I'm saying, that's why I think it has forced time limits on all the demos, because it, the creator basically said, like, we, it, this has autosaves, because when the time limit expires, you can just come back in from your autosave and uh, play through the first chapter, and then when you get to the end of the first chapter, it says, you know, hey, would, if you want to keep playing, buy this game. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to stop talking about community games now and talk about other stuff. Since I have the 360 up real quick, I want to mention some... I want to mention yawn, yawn, yawn. Some other things I've played on it, uh, which were... What else did I play on it? Um, I think since the last... Did I... I don't remember if it was before last time or after. Anyway, I played some more... Magic the Gathering on it because I wanted to get the achievements. I think, did I mention? I think I did mention last week about how annoying it was that it took me to get the achievements. So no, maybe you know what? I didn't play this at all then because I got the achievement and I'm done with it. So fuck that. I didn't play that anymore. Uh, I did play Magic on my PC, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. But anyway, um, the important thing on here is that I want to talk about is that I downloaded the Tour de France 2009 arcade game trial for the actual Xbox Live Arcade. Um, so this is a professional release <laughs> where this actually looks more like a community game than some of the community games do. Uh, some of the community games deserve to be actual arcade releases, and this is, shouldn't be one. I, I don't know if anybody actually likes this kind of game, but it's I looked at the, the screenshots, and I was like, oh my god, uh, this looks ridiculous. I want to download it because I thought it was just like... I thought it was massively multiplayer bike racing, um, where it's like you got like a hundred people in a game or something like that, and you're all racing bikes. But no, what it is, it's a stupid stats manager type game. Like you have the visualization of the bikers racing, but you can't control the bike like where they're like you can't control the biker directly, like the direction they're pedaling in or anything like that. They just they're going, and your job is to kind of pace them. Uh, how much effort they're exerting, uh, when they decide to, you know, break into a, like, a sprint, or as they call it, an attack, where you, like, you know, push yourself harder to try to get out into the front, and you have a team, I guess, of, like, five bikers or whatever, um, and I guess you want to try to, like, place them, or, I don't know how the Tour de France works, uh, but either way, um, 
I was not impressed with the game. I wish it had just been multi- massively multiplayer bike racing where you control one single biker and just like, like I kind of wish it was like Road Rash <laughs> but Tour de France where you dro- rode your bike and you could punch other bikers in the face, but it's not. So I was disappointed with that. Um, and yeah, game fails. It could have had so much potential and just failed. Um, I think I that may have been all I played on the 360, so I'm going to get out of here. I forgot to mention last week that I played the 1 versus 100 with it's still beta, but I played it with the prizes now enabled and um I think they talked about it on another podcast. I can't remember which one it was. If it was Giant Bombcast or um maybe Rebel FM or something. I don't know. Uh one of the other podcasts I listened to, they talked about it having prizes and I think they were saying they were giving away the original worms. I thought they were giving away this, the new worms, the worms to Armageddon. I'm not sure. Either way, that was the only prize. Um, oh no, actually, I think they were giving away points too, maybe to the person who was the one. Either way, uh, I wound up playing about halfway through, however long the actual game was played for, and because I only did it, I think it was Friday night and Saturday night, and I only did it on Friday night. And um, this was obviously before we recorded last week, but I forgot to mention it. Man, I am so fucking yoy. This is what happens when I talk alone. I am exerting myself. I need to uh, pace myself with the talkings. Uh, but anyway, um, me and my girlfriend played, and we were, you know, we really wanted to be one, the one or the one hundred. Because when you're the crowd, you can still win a prize, but you have to be one of the top three. And there are like, there's tens of thousands of people playing, so that's a lot of people. Um, so we never got to be the one or the 100 in the hour or so that we played so we gave up and stopped playing um but uh i mean the game could be really fun if you get to be the one or the 100 i think they need to suck it up and because it's ad driven make multiple instances of the game where you have at least a higher chance of being the one or the 100 cuz i mean if close to 100,000 or more people are in one huge game lobby, your odds of being that 1 or 100 are so slim. And I mean, there was a time during the beta when I know it got up to like close to, I think it got up to close to a million. Um, I mean, if it starts getting that many people on a regular basis when there's prizes now offered, you're you're never going to get to be the 1 or 100. Apparently, the fucking press get, got to be a lot because a lot of people on podcasts have mentioned how they got to at least be the one or one hundred. Me and my girlfriend have been playing a lot, and we never got to be, and it's very disheartening and makes us not want to play. Um, but uh, yeah, we did play with the prizes, and uh, I mean, it's cool that they're giving out prizes. Uh, it definitely added more to the atmosphere because, like, now you know the one or the one hundred are definitely trying a lot harder. Um, and you definitely feel the tension and like urge to be in one of those be one of those people but yeah it's such a disappointment when you don't get to be so i think that that's going to not i don't know i mean i guess there are people out there who will constantly stick with it with the hope that they will get to be in those groups but i think a lot of people will drop off after a couple weeks when like even though there's prizes like if you're not one of those if you're not the one or 100 after a couple weeks you're just going to get so disheartened you're just going to be like screw it i'm just not going to waste my time with this anymore um so that could be i mean it'll be an interesting experiment when it goes live and see what happens when it comes out of beta but anyway uh enough of 360 let me talk about other stuff um i forgot to mention that on my PS3, I think I think this was before we recorded last week. Uh, I forget to mention a lot of things, but uh, I tried a little of the, uh, what is it? 
um, the 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 plastic thing, the kung fu plastic. Uh, God damn it. Um, is it plastic kung fu? Kung fu plastic. The one that the medium molecule people made, the little big planet. Uh, where it's <sighs> fists of plas- plastic fists. Zen kung fu. Oh my god. Uh, I don't want to turn on my PS3 to remember it, but it's whatever that Kung Fu game is that they made on there. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I think it's Plastic Kung Fu, but I think that's totally wrong, too. So, uh, whatever. <sighs> this bothers me. I, I'm forgetting so many game names today. I, I'm just terrible. Uh, but anyway, so I played some of that, and... It was fun for a good few, like a few minutes. That might be one of those games that's like might be fun to like throw down with my girlfriend. Like if like, uh, let's see, we're about we're gonna watch a movie, but we're just not ready to start just yet or something. You know, the PS3 is all ready to watch, but we're not just ready to start it for some reason. Maybe we're making popcorn or something. Throw that in real quick and have like a quick little battle. Like she was watching me play, and we were both giggling because it was kind of ridiculous. Um, and yeah. Uh, what else? I played some more Burnout Paradise. I threw that in for a minute. Um, I want to get back into that because they've released, you know, Big Surf Island, and I want to play that. But uh, I'd feel stupid buying it if I didn't do most of the stuff on the mainland. <sighs> Tired, Pete. Anyway, yeah. Let me move on to other interesting stuff because now I'm just I am really rambling, and the meat of the I mean, I went over, you know, the community games, which is what I really want to talk about, but I also wanted to to mention stuff on the PC. Um, I've been getting into a lot of betas lately. I talked about Tiger Woods last time and how I feel about that. And I, that game, I started out, like, when I got in the beta, I was like, yes, play some free golf, Tiger Woods golf online. That's awesome. I kind of fell out of that quickly because golf is only fun, I think, for me when I'm playing with other people. Um, I used to play Tiger Woods a lot with Charlie, and, like, I don't know, it's like, hang on, I'm gonna have a drink, a sip of something, so you might hear it. (sighs) Some homemade iced tea right there. Um, pretty tasty. Uh, so, yeah, Tiger Woods Online, I used to play a lot with Charlie, and that was fun. This the problem with this is that like if I'm gonna play this I want to have it as a podcast game or something but I can't really listen to podcasts while playing because if I'm playing computer games I like to listen to podcasts through my computer speakers not on my iPod because why have to put on headphones and like you know use up my iPod battery when I'm at my computer now with Tiger Woods Online they have this annoying thing I know it's not really supposed to be talking about stuff like this but I I, I gotta get this off my chest because they haven't fixed it yet um. They have no option to turn off the in-game music, and it causes other things to screw up. Like it causes my iTunes to stutter. It causes the in-game music on Tiger Woods to stutter when I try to do a podcast while playing. So, like, I can't really do anything else while playing that game except play the game, which is very annoying. I mean, I have been just listening on my iPod, but I don't like to have to do that. Um, so I kind of, if they fix that, I'll probably get go back to playing it a lot more and testing it and stuff. Um, but I want to be able to listen to my, my. I want to be able to listen to podcasts and stuff while playing it. Um, other than that, I've been uh, in the Magic Beta for Magic Online has a beta for the new set that's coming out, which is called M10. Um, I think it means it's the 10th anniversary of Magic. I'm not actually sure. Uh, I thought Magic was around a lot longer than that because um, I remember playing Magic way 
more than 10 years ago. At least I thought I did. I don't remember. I definitely, yeah, I definitely played Magic before I was 17. So I'm not sure what M10 stands for unless it's like the 10th something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, maybe it's the 10th anniversary of Magic Online. I don't freaking know. Either way, they're putting out this new set. Uh, or Well, it is the 10th edition. Um, like, because anyone who follows Magic knows that they had things like, uh, 6th edition, 7th edition, 8th edition, and then there's other series, too, like, uh, like, fucking the Tempest series or whatever, things like that, uh, the Odyssey block and things like that. Um, but anyway, this is the 10th edition, and maybe that's just what it is, stands for, 10th edition. So anyway, for Magic Online, they need beta testers to test out, like, how, I guess, these cards are going to work with, in the environment of Magic Online, so... The important thing about 10th edition is that they are changing some rules. Uh, they are trying to cater more towards casual Magic players now, because uh, Magic has gotten pretty complicated. I mean, I've even stopped playing, and going back to it has made it very difficult, because there are so many more mechanics that just confuse the hell out of me. Um, now, the rule changes aren't going to take away those mechanics or anything. They're still there. Uh, but certain other things that it may have been confusing to players, like there's this thing which I knew about from my previous Magic days called the stack, which is how you prioritize what like order effects uh effects go off in um like that I think is still there but it affect it'll affect combat cuz there are ways to do things and like I don't want to go too into detail for people who don't care about magic but there are ways to affect to like kind of cheat the stack where I mean it's not cheating it's just that it was built into the nature of of having that implemented into the game where like if your opponent is attacking with a bunch of creatures, and then you block with certain creatures. Sometimes creatures have activated abilities where, like, you can block and then activate its ability. And what happens is the block goes onto the stack, and then its activated ability goes onto the stack. So it's once that block is put onto the stack, it can't be removed. So if you activate, like, for instance, a creature that can sacrifice itself to deal damage or something, you you put its blocking onto the stack. Um, and then you put its activated ability on the stack, and the stack re- resolves itself in reverse order. So its activated ability of sacrificing goes off. It does its damage. Then it goes further. Then the stack continues to resolve, and that block is still in the stack. So that creature it blocked, even though that, even though you sacrifice your creature and it's no longer there to physically you know block, it's still considered having blocked that creature. Now what they did is they uh, affected it where there is a uh, certain step. Like, the whole stack thing is still available, but you can't do things like that because uh, all things happen in a certain step now. Um, Like, for the combat instance, it'd be a declares blocker step, where you declare... If you declare that creature to block an an opponent's creature, uh, if you activate its ability, it happens at the same time, so that it no longer is declared a blocker. Uh, if you let it block and it dies, this is one of the things where it's like if you knew you would do that, you would do this kind of activated ability thing where you'd sack and deal damage um, because you knew your creature was going to die from the block anyway. So it's a way of like effectively blocking and using a creature's ability before it dies. Um, now, if the the block kills it, you don't have a chance to activate its ability. So it's ways to do things like that because the way the magic with the way wizards people make magic were thinking was that you know casual players don't understand these kind of like um like loophole game concepts they would just like play the game and play it casually they would just like if they block they don't think oh okay i'm going to block and then i can do this uh so they they figured that they would get rid of they would make magic act they would make magic for everybody the way casual people play it which kind of i think is a stupid idea um 
but whatever. I mean, magic is still magic. It's still fun uh, if you're into it. So uh, I'm in the beta to test out these new rules with cards and stuff. And the great thing about that is Magic Online, the biggest like concern for people is that you're paying money for virtual items and stuff, and the fact that you are constantly paying money. I mean, it is quite an investment. It's like uh, to play one tournament... Um, of like, for instance, I like to play sealed uh, booster pack tournaments, which is like six booster packs, which are things that have 15 cards in it that are randomly assigned. Um, you know, there is a rare, a couple of commons and commons in there. Um, I like to play in tournaments that involve six of those. Uh, and then what you do is you open up all, you would open up all six and make a deck out of the cards that are in that in that thing, and everybody's making these constructed decks just out of those cards. It's better to me. I like those better than playing what are what are preset like standard matches like with pre-constructed decks because people who have the time and money to invest in making a really kick-ass deck like just wipe the floor with those of us who like I can't afford to go out and buy the best cards on Magic Online to make a really kick-ass deck so I constantly get like my ass kicked playing those types of matches whereas with this one I have everyone's kind of on equal footing I mean you know some people just get lucky and draw better cards and are able to like kick the kick everyone else's ass, but I mean it's all kind of randomized, and then you keep the cards afterwards, and you have the potential to win prizes, and you're more likely to win prizes this way, unless you're one of those people that can afford to buy the best cards. Anyway, to do one of these tournaments costs like roughly twenty five dollars. Uh, sure, you keep the cards afterwards, and you can win prizes, but I mean, you know, to, a tournament lasts maybe about like eight hours or whatever, uh, depending on how good you are. Um, eight hours is a long stretch. I'm saying like. Like, that's like a max length, usually, depending on how good you are. You can be done in, like, a couple hours. Uh, but, like, for me, who I am fairly good and I'll stick it out to the end, uh, I can be playing for, well, like, six to eight hours. Um, which isn't a bad time frame in terms of, like, if you compare it to, like, say, you know, a movie uh, is two hours. You spend about $10 for two hours. So here I'm spending 25 for, like, multiple, multiple, multiple hours. Um, but, like... If I compare it to video games, $25 could be a DS game, which could last me a lot longer than those eight hours. Or it could be, you know, two tournaments is $50, which is a full retail game in some in some instances, which could definitely last me for quite a while. So it's definitely, the pricing kind of hurts. Um, but uh, anyway, the point I'm talking about pricing is because with the Magic 10 Beta, uh, I get to do, like, it's basically right now, I mean, they might add other, other types into it, but right now it's like, it's the the standard booster draft, which is just uh, it's a booster draft is traditionally three packs. You open a pack, you pick a card, you pass the rest of the cards to your left, and then you get the person on your right's pack passed to you. You pick a card out of that, and it just keeps rotating around. Um, this is different than what I was just talking about because the one I the one I like to do is six packs, where all the cards in all those six packs are yours. You make a deck out of those six packs. This you're make trying to make a deck and hoping that other people don't pick the cards that you're looking forward to getting for your deck. Um, so this is a little bit different, but uh, it's still uh, something that you would pay for. You'd have to pay for the packs if you're playing the regular Magic Online. Whereas this, it's just, you can play, like, I mean, in a day I can play, like, probably, like, five or six booster drafts before completely free um, because it's a beta. So I love that. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that. It's the whole point of this entire story is that I've been playing a lot of the M10 beta because it's getting to play. It's getting to do the kind of format that I love for free. Um, I mean, I can't really beat that. I'm gonna take another sip of my drink because my throat hurts. Yes, I'm trying to be annoying with that. 
Okay, so then uh, the I think the last thing I really want to talk about. Uh, well, the last couple things. Uh, I'm almost at an hour here, and that's around the time frame I was I was aiming for. So I'm gonna cut it off soon. Um, but uh, after we recorded last week, I played some more Left 4 Dead. I uh, downloaded some map uh, map mods or whatever. Um, I played this one called Damn It, which is a single map. Like it's not, it doesn't have like a, it's not like a campaign where it's multiple maps, but it it's pretty fairly big, and it does kind of go through, uh, kind of goes through the same sort of pacing where it's like it starts out kind of kind of like uh, slow and simple and and like leading you along this path. I mean, the whole game leads you along the path, but, like, very, very narrow. Um, and then uh, kind of opens up more as you get towards other parts of the map. Uh, you're going through a, basically, a, a dam. Um, and then it culminates to a massive, you know, like, horde rush at the uh, end of the map. So, uh, the interesting thing about this, and I found it really funny, was that, I, I mean, I was playing it with just AI, uh, AI partners, and, uh, I was doing fairly good, and at the end, in the horde rush, um, there was one tank that came out, which we took down, and then the, uh, a rescue helicopter came, and as we were running towards it, another horde rush started, and another tank came out, and, uh, me and one of the other AI guys got knocked down, and instead of coming back to help us, the other two AI guys got on the helicopter and left, so, uh, the the scenario ended and I got the credits and everything, but I was dead and it showed that only these are two AI, you know, I, I think it was Francis and Lewis or whatever are the ones that escaped. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, that was pretty funny, but I mean, I technically, I beat the entire map, but just died at the very end. Um, so that was fun. And I, um, I think I talked about the survival one last week. Wow. My voice kind of cracked there. Um, my throat definitely hurts from all this talking. I think I talked about the survival map I played last week, but either way, I played this one that, uh, if, if I didn't, I, it's this, uh, basically, like, I don't know how to describe it, it's like a Wild West, it's not really Wild West, I don't know, it's like a shanty building that you're kind of, um, stuck in the middle of, I think it's supposed to be a, like a barn or, like, some burned out building, like, I don't know, it, it reminds me of Wild West for some reason, I don't know, but, uh, it's called uh, unstable. Oh, it's a. I think it's a horse stable. Uh, maybe I don't know. It's called unstable. Um, and what it is is the building is very like burnt out and destroyed already to start with, and uh, there's woods all around it obviously, and then the horde starts rushing in and stuff. And as you're playing through it, the building starts getting more and more broken down until like there's like really nothing left to like kind of cover on and stuff. Um, and so that was fun. I I recommend that as a map download. I got these from. Uh, I think it's. I think I mentioned last time it's like l4mods.com and I think it's l4maps.com. Both of these sites have the same kind of maps available for download on them. Um, and then uh, I I also wanted to mention that like over after last week's recording, besides playing those map mod- mods, I did just jump on with random people and play some versus mode because I really wanted to play. And even though I was playing with random people, I had a good time. My main reason for going on was because I downloaded a versus map from one of these mod things and I wanted to try to run it. But uh, I think I like there's some sort of error, or maybe I installed it wrong, or something. I don't know exactly what happened. But uh, basically, it I wound up uh, just playing regular campaign versus stuff. 
Uh, I know I played Dead Air, and I started playing some of... Uh, oh God, I can't remember the other one. It may have been No Mercy. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, just playing with random people wasn't too bad. Uh, I didn't talk with them or anything. I kind of just played. Uh, some other people were trying to talk, but um, I'm pretty bad at the game, I realized. Uh, so I, I might not play it, play it too much more um, just straight up online versus with random people. But I, I don't know. I had a good time. And I definitely unlocked some achievements and uh, did some impressive stuff. Like I easily got, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I got the one where you, like as a boomer, you puke on all four at the same time. Um, and I got uh, the, like as a hunter where you double pounce or something, like you pounce on one person and pounce on another right away or something like that. Um, I think I got some other achievements too. I can't remember what they were. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. Uh People need to play Left 4 Dead with me that I know. I, I really, really, really want to play with people I know. Um, and then, okay, so let me move on to the last thing, because now I'm breaking the hour point. I need another sip of my drink. So the last thing I want to talk about is also a beta. It's a beta for Dungeons & Dragons Online. I uh, had I had this as, as a news story. Not this particularly, but I had this something about this as a new story last week, which Austin decided to not use. Uh, but Dungeons & Dragons Online was your typical, you know, generic MMO that maybe a few people played, but not enough to really warrant it staying in business. So it was probably going to close down. Uh, it obviously couldn't compete with WoW, and, you know, as most things in this instance, it just it basically was a miserable failure. So instead of just closing down, what they've decided to do with it is make it free to play. Uh... They're they're in the in the works of changing it over to a free to play system, which may actually help save the game because uh, free to play MMOs are a great alternative to something like WoW. I don't care how I mean, well, I do care how bad the MMO is, but if it's a decent MMO that's free to play, I'm all for that because I sometimes I just don't want to have to drop the. I mean, technically it's 15 bucks a month, but, you know, if it's something I'm going to play with my girlfriend, that was, like, WoW was 30 bucks a month for me because I was paying for both of our accounts. Um, and WoW is a great MMO, but I don't always want to just... I I mean, with it being a paid a subscription, I feel like we have to play it. Um, free-to-play means, you know, like, I can play it and then, like, forget about it for, like, months and then decide, ah, oh, you know, I want to go back and play it. Um... And there's just the fact that there's no risk involved. You download it for free, you play for free. If you want to drop some money on you on it, you can. Uh, so I got into the beta to try it out. It's not actually live free to play yet. Uh, I think only people. I think it's only open. Uh, I I think that the game might still be subscription based. If you want to purchase it now and play subscription-based and switch over to free-to-play later, I'm not sure how it's working or if it's only limited to people who are in the beta now. If they shut down the subscription servers, I don't know what's going on. All I know is that I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons Online um, as part of their beta program as they're getting ready to switch to free-to-play. So I am getting to see some of the free-to-play options in terms of like things you can purchase. So like last night, I was the first time I jumped into it. Uh, and last night, in terms of when I'm recording this, obviously, not when you're listening to it. Ha ha ha, shut the fuck up, Pete. Anyway, uh, so I created a character, and even in the character creation, there are certain classes that are not available unless you purchase them. Luckily for me, the cl- I was able to choose a class that I was happy with. 
um, that I didn't need to purchase. Now they do tell you the great thing about this is that they tell you, uh, well they recommend. I I don't know if they're if it's true or not. I guess it is. I mean they they would know their game. They put next to it whether or not the class you're picking is good for soloing. Um, so basically, uh, you pick your class for or yeah, it's class then path then race I believe. So you pick your class first. There's like uh, melee. Uh, caster, you know, uh, or a specialist. So melee is things like uh, warrior, paladin, um, I don't remember what else there is. Uh, monk is the purchase one. Uh, there was four classes, and monk is the one that you can purchase. Um, monk said monk was said to be a good soloing class. Uh, my phone just, I don't know if you heard the ding, but that was a text message. I'm not getting up to get it right now, though. Uh, Monk was said to be a great soloing class, but luckily so was Paladin, and I wanted to be a melee class, so I chose Paladin. But then, like, first casters, there's wizards, uh, mages, um, I don't remember what the purchase one was in that. There's one you could purchase there as well, uh, and then the specialists actually didn't have a purchasable class, it was just things like, uh, rogue, bard, and something else, which I can't remember, I think it was like a hunter type thing. Um, now these are, like, based off of real Dungeons & Dragons classes and the way they work and stuff. So, like, uh, you know, off the tabletop game. So, um, I picked, anyway, I picked a Melee class Paladin because it, it said on it, solo ability, you know, soloing, very good. Uh, some of them would say solo challenging or things like that. Um, for instance, I think uh, the Wizard class under the caster, or maybe the Mage or something, is a challenging solo class. It's hard to play. It's hard to do quests alone. Um, I wanted one that I could do quests alone, because I don't really like playing MMOs with random people. I don't like having a group with random people. So, uh, yeah, made my character, jumped in. Um, as a beta tester, I was awarded, uh, like, because I did my... I, I, I got my beta code through 10tonhammer.com, which is a uh, an MMO site. Uh, it's 10 tonhammer.com uh, 10 spelled out uh, it's a pretty good site if you're in MMOs um, anyway they were giving out free beta codes uh, and with it you also got a code for 500 points to the uh, D&D online store so I went and checked out some of the store because I was interested in these these classes they had to purchase now I only got 500 freebie points and the class purchases are 595 the point ratio is very similar to uh, actually Xbox Live's where it's uh, you buy it in like weird increments and for weird amounts. Like I think 400 points was about six bucks. Um, then you can buy like 900 points for about 12 bucks. So the more points you buy, you do get a discount. So you're getting you know extra 100 points uh, if you buy the 900 package. And then there's uh, even bigger packages than that. Um, but to give you an idea of what things cost, like this, like these character classes cost 595 points. So that's 600 points. So that's like quite a substantial amount um, to unlock this character class. Uh, you basically have to spend the twelve bucks, and then a you know two thirds of that chunk of of points you just spent is going towards opening up a, one of these character classes if you want it. So that's uh, two thirds of twelve is what eight dollars. So you're spending eight dollars to buy a character, um, and then they're going to be selling things like quest packs, which I got. I won't know until I get further into it how important those are. Like well, I almost purchased it because it was just there, and it was like it was. It's discounted. I don't know how long it's going to be discounted for, but one of their quest packs is a uh, pirates quest pack that offers like I think it's like 
four or it's like one main storyline quest with like I don't know exactly how it works out. It's like it unlocks an area and then allows you to quest in that area and unlocks like certain missions and stuff. Now, based on what other quest packs were available in the store, this one seemed like to have the most amount of content and since it was discounted, it was discounted 300 points or something like that. So it seemed to have the most amount of content for the cheapest price at the time. But since I didn't really know how the game worked yet, I didn't actually buy it. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I did jump into the game and play it a little bit and went through like the tutorial area and stuff and uh, obviously there are quests that are in already built into the game you're not going to be forced to buy quests i don't think um which is good but it's it the whole free to play thing and quest stuff actually works very well for like dungeons and dragons because you figure when you buy a dungeons and dragons tabletop like booklet or something you are presented with uh you know a certain amount of stock quests then you can have the obviously you have the ability to just create your own quest, which I don't think you're going to be able to do with D&D Online. Although that would be really awesome if there is a create your own quest option. Um, I don't know if that's something that is in there or will be implemented at some point, um, but that'd be really cool. But either way, if you're somebody who doesn't create quests, like if you're a tabletop player who doesn't create quests or don't have anybody who does, you might you know opt to go out and purchase additional like booster quote unquote booster quest for your D&D campaign. So that's kind of how it would work with this free to play model is that you start mo- model is that you start with, you know, your base game and then if you want to add on to it, you can go buy booster quests through their D&D online store. So that's really cool. And the quests in D&D online so far have been more interesting in like than quests in WoW. Uh, just flat out so far because they are run kind of like how a D&D quest would be run, whereas quests in WoW are, you know, fetch quests, kill quests, basic shit. I know that with Wrath of the Lich King it got more in-depth, but you have to be get up to level fucking 70, 80 or whatever to do that shit. Um, this, right off the bat, it was a very interesting thing. I mean, I was thrown into a, like... D&D is big about grouping, so, like, I guess, like, you know, if you're going to solo, you might get, like, AI companions, I'm not sure, but, like, right off the bat in the tutorial, I'm thrown into a group with this, like, random ragtag group of people going into this caves and stuff, uh, of AI people, and, like, they have your D&D classes, like, there's the rogue, there was, like, a caster person, I think a cleric or whatever, and, like, uh, like, a, another warrior type person, I think, um, and there is voice acting in the game, uh, at least for that part there was. I'm not sure how much voice acting it is and how long the voice acting lasts for. But and then there's a there is a voice acting for a dungeon master. So like like it's kinda telling you a story as you're going through this quest. Like, you know, this is why you're in this cave, this is what you're doing, you know. Um and like the AI companions were talking to me and stuff like about why we were there and stuff like so it was like like that quest was very story driven and I hope I hope that like more quests in the game uh, are like that because it felt like playing even though it wasn't like very intricate it felt like playing through a very like light D&D quest campaign real quick thing <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it um, and then there are like it uses D&D uh, things like when you got to a certain area it's like the dungeon master says you can feel a slight wind coming through this room that indicates there might be you know a passage somewhere so then you use your uh, you know classic D&D search function search ability uh where if you're successful in your search you might discover a secret passage which is what happens then you like you've discovered a secret passage which is the way out of the cave and stuff um 
So anyway, I really, really like that. Uh, then I got into the basic starting town where uh, I took on some more quests. And the next couple quests, while I had a dungeon master uh, speaking about things, there was also... Um, it wasn't like I was with anybody else or anything, so I didn't get like that group dynamic. Uh, and the quest was kind of simple, just like uh, the one of the first ones was I protected the stone while these weird shadow cultist things came out of nowhere and tried to attack it, and I killed them. And then the second one was uh, me... Well, the second one was kind of cool because it was uh, I had to go get some scroll in this in this stock warehouse thing, which uh, some other wizard apparently had uh, put a protection spell on it. So I battled my way through the warehouse, killing rats and spiders, or whatever. Uh, but it wasn't like you have to go and kill X rats or whatever. You just like had to get to where the scroll was, and then where the scroll was, there was these. Uh, there was this like little puzzle thing on the ground. Like this is how you uh, had to get past this protection was you had to like use these puzzle tiles and light up these four corners, which I thought was really cool. Um, so so far I've already had like some interesting quest experiences that I've never really had in WoW. Uh, so I am enjoying that. I hope it goes like I hope it has more of these and a wider variety of these really cool, interesting quest dynamics. Um, and uh, as far as... Okay, I want to talk about the look of the game real quick. I'm sorry if you can hear that dog in the background. Uh, I'll go shoot it after I'm done recording or something. No, I won't shoot a dog. I'm just kidding. Uh, I hate dogs, but I won't shoot them. Um, but anyway, the game itself doesn't look the best. I mean, WoW still looks amazingly great because it's of its art style. That is a game that will hold up probably forever because of its art style. When you're stylized like that, you don't... N- like you don't ever really look dated um but this game already looks kind of dated and like because it's a D&D game like i don't know if there would have been a way for them to stylize it in any way uh i think they could have but instead they went for trying to go for a sort of pseudo realistic look kind of like conan and stuff and I, honestly, when I started playing the game, it definitely, the visual style, actually, and where you start the game reminded me a lot of Conan. First thing, I was like, wait, am I playing Conan? Um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't look too good. Um, but with it being free to play, I mean, it, it doesn't look terrible. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, but in a couple years, I can see it being considered to be looking terrible unless they can somehow upgrade the graphics or change the style. Um, but, yeah, uh, it... Again, with being free to play, you can't complain too much. I mean, it's definitely what like if I had per- if this had been like a subscription purchase and subscribe kind of MMO, I would have been like, ugh, this game looks awful. But since I'm in a beta and when it switches to free to play, it'll be like, you know what? It's not that big a deal uh, because it is free to play. And considering how most free to play games look, it actually doesn't look too shabby. Um, so yeah, just wanted to mention that. Uh, the controls I'm not really into. I like the way WoW controls, and I'm sure there's an option in there, like most PC games, to remap the controls. So I'll have to get in there and fix that. But uh, the off-the-bat controls aren't intuitive. Maybe that's because I'm used to playing WoW. Like I'm used to being able to move my character by just like pretty much. I'm I, I've gotten used to playing WoW just using the mouse. Um, because I map using macros and button mappings, I get pretty much everything I need on the mouse. Um, I can, you know, rotate my camera with the mouse. I can move my camera, move my character through the mouse. Uh, I can cast most of my major, the majority of my necessary spells through the mouse, like all this stuff. Um, the main problem I have with D and D online is that I can't move with the mouse. I have to use uh, WASD, so like I can't just 
relax. I have to kind of sit up at my computer to play it, which kind of is annoying. Um, again, that might be able to just be fixed through button mappings, but yeah. So anyway, I don't know if... Uh, I, I'm assuming this is a closed beta since I had to get a beta key to play this. When it goes to open beta... Uh, or just when it launches and is free to play, I w as of my experience right now, I would recommend it to people who are into MMOs. Um, I definitely have to play more of it and see if it continues this like uh, interesting, like I said, this interesting quest dynamic. But if you're tired of like MMOs that just present you with kill quests and fetch quests, this may actually be a good alternative. Um, and I wonder if it was overlooked if people didn't realize the quests were presented this way in the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm definitely going to play more of it. And I think that about is going to wrap it up for this episode of whatever the hell this is going to be. Um, I uh, I don't know if there's anything happened in the news recently, but I, I'm sure if anything important happened this past week, we'll hit on it when uh, when we all re hopefully all record next week. Um, we'll just uh, do a, maybe a backlog of news if anything majorly important happened this week. I don't think anything really did. Um, yeah, but, uh, so, I I wonder if Val's getting married right now, I, I don't know if his birthday, or his birthday, his birthday's coming up, but, uh, I don't know if his wedding was set for today, which I'm recording on Saturday, or if, uh, if it was a different day, and I don't know what time his wedding was at, but there's a chance that he could be getting married right now while I'm recording it, how crazy is that? Anyway, congratulations to him again. Um, I hope him and Austin and everybody else are ha having a great time in Jamaica. I hope Slunks is having a great time with his woman. Um, and I hope I had a great time recording this. I hope you had a great time listening to it. I hope everybody just had a great time. Word. Peace and love. Woo! Um, yeah, so I'm done. Uh, hopefully we'll all see you next week. You can catch me on Facebook. You know, facebook.com slash Riven. Uh, R-Y-V-V-N. Um... And on uh, Steam, Steam user ID, Riven, R-Y-V-V-N, yeah. Uh, Xbox Live, user ID, G-S space Riven, R-Y-V-V-N. Uh, email the show. I don't know if there was anything in the mailbag this week because I don't have the uh, ability to check the mailbag. But uh, email the show at, I believe, mailbag at trygames.net. Spelled M-A-L-E or M-A-I-L, bag at trygames.net. Um, and uh, what else? Um, I don't remember, I don't want to miss plug, uh, I don't want to miss plug Al's thing. I think it's xlm2k at blogspot, or dot blogspot.com. It's either xlm or xml. No, xml is a markup language. So I think it's xlm, I think. Yeah, xlm2k.blogspot.com, I'm going to say. I hope I'm right. And I know Austin always wants to plug shark versus octopus.com, um, and drfishypants.com, I think. I don't know. Lots of plugs. But the important stuff is to go go check me out on Facebook. I'm going... I've been putting up videos... For those who might be interested in... Uh, I've been putting up videos of kind of like things I've been doing in Boston. Like there's a couple of videos up there right now. Like uh, of... The first one is of me checking out the fireworks over the Charles River that happened on 4th of July. I don't know if I mentioned that when uh, me and Al recorded the 4th of July podcast and I like left the podcast not sure what I was going to do. I wound up wandering out to the Charles River and like checking out fireworks with like about like I think it was like half a million other people. Um and that was like fucking awesome. So I have a video up on Facebook of me doing that. Uh there's a video of me and my girlfriend going out to dinner and then I'm going to kind of try to put up at least I'm hoping to be able to put one up once a week. I definitely have uh 
three more videos ready to go for the next three weeks, um, which include things like me and my girlfriend going out and bowling, uh, me going to a mall uh, in Cambridge, looking like just kind of go hang out and looking for a job. Um, and then the most re- recent video I made, which won't be up for a couple of weeks, but which some of you guys may be interested in checking out. And uh, I kind of want to talk about this, but I'd rather save it for the video, uh, which is why I didn't talk about it today, is I went to this rock band party um, that was actually thrown by harmonics, and there were harmonics people there and stuff, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, no offense to Austin, I haven't been to one of his parties, but this is probably one of the greatest rock band parties ever. Um, and... Uh, Unfortunately, Alex Navarro wasn't there. For those of you who've been listening to Try Games for a while, you know that Alex Navarro was a guest on Try Games, um, and he used to work for GameSpot, and he moved on and is now working at Harmonix. And I kind of wish he was there, since I kind of know him through like a couple degrees of separation. I mean, you know, he was a guest on Try Games. Now I'm a member of Try Games, and uh, he was he worked at GameSpot, which Austin now you know had freelanced for uh, for Alex and still freelances for GameSpot, and uh, yeah, and I was a community member of GameSpot if that counts for anything. And I when Alex had his burning questions column at GameSpot, I wrote in a question and had him answer it, and he kind of made fun of me. So it would have been funny to meet him and be like, "Hey, you made fun of me," <laughs> um, but he unfortunately wasn't there. Uh, but anyway, it was a kick-ass good time. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it at some point, but in a couple of weeks there will be a video going up about it. So, uh, again, I, I, if you're interested in checking these things out, just uh, you know, add me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Riven. Um, yeah, I guess that is it. Uh, mail in. Uh, congratulations to, you know, I think we we mentioned it last week. Yeah, we did mention last week about how Edu won the uh, won the. The, the Psychonauts contest. Congratulations again to him. I gave him his prize information, so I uh, hope he's enjoying it. Um, and at some point, I will offer the other random Steam account I have as a prize. Not yet, though. I got I got to figure out a better contest for that. If well, maybe I shouldn't because Edgy was the only one who wrote in for Psychonauts, so maybe maybe nobody would want the other one anyway. So maybe I shouldn't think of a better contest. Anyway, I am continue to ramble. Uh, I'm almost like I'm way over what I set myself as a time limit. And you guys are probably bored of listening to me. So I'm going to end this. And I'll see you next week for everyone who's not here and off having a great time. Um, You know, uh, bye for them or something. I don't know. I'm done. Peace. I'm out. Bye.